Since the early days of the COVID-19 pandemic, non-essential travel between Canada and the U.S. has been shut down. But there are signs we could see a return to cross-border traffic by the end of the summer, with both Canada and the U.S. offering reopening dates. I'm Dave Breckenridge, and this is 10-3. National Post political reporter Anya Karadeglia joins me to discuss the plan for reopening, how crucial the border is for business, and whether the Delta variant could put a stop to all of it. Don't forget you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, we're even on Amazon Music now. Please leave us a rating, a review, and tell your friends about us. So Anya, through the COVID-19 pandemic, one thing that has been constant is the fact that the border between Canada and the U.S., largely touted as one of the most free borders in the world, has been closed. So how long was it into the pandemic that the governments in Canada and the United States decided, well, we should probably shut things down for a bit? It really wasn't long at all. It was kind of right at the beginning of the pandemic. So it's been well, well over a year. I think we're, we're looking at a year and a half since the pandemic started at this point. When you point out that the fact that this border is so crucial to both economies, the fact that it has been closed for so long is really, really remarkable. Certainly nobody said it was going to be closed this long. I don't think that anybody knew it was going to be closed this long, but it was, you know, closed for a little while. And then that just kept getting extended and extended periodically until we got to the point where we are now. Obviously, there has been people coming and going across the border. It's been closed, but not 100% closed. Like, who has been barred from crossing the border? And what exceptions have there been for people heading north and south? It's been close to non-essential travel. And I've, you know, I've certainly heard people complain that essential hasn't been particularly precisely defined, but it does encompass most travel. So most people who want to go across the border, even for things like to see family or for a business trip, uh, it might be considered non-essential. Other business trips might be considered essential. There isn't a high degree of precision when it comes to defining that necessarily always. But when it comes to, for example, travelers entering Canada from any country, the government website cites immediate family members and temporary foreign workers can come in, for example. Have there been other travelers been allowed to enter like truckers, like things for business? Have those been included in these exemptions? Truckers have been going uh, across the border. Obviously, the, the economy has kept going. Uh, goods have continued going across the border. But, you know, people wanting to visit for tourism or kind of for, for discretionary travel uh, have not. We've seen talk of travel bans or flight bans from other countries. But for the most part, you know, despite having some restrictions or some exceptions for people. Overall, it hasn't been entirely, it's not like Canada's been an island the last 15 or 16 months, correct? Canada has actually had a stricter rules in place than the US. Mm -hmm. So whether you're coming across the land border or whether you're flying in, as we said, it's been closed to travelers uh, who are here for, you know, a very narrow range of exceptions can come in, you know, if you're here as temporary foreign worker, etc., but otherwise, yeah, Canada has been very much, very much an island, except if you're going to the U.S. So this this has been the one exception to the Canada-U.S. border, really, throughout the pandemic, is that Canadians haven't been able to cross the border over the land border for anything non-essential. But there's been a loophole and that Canadians have been able to fly into the U.S. Mm-hmm. 
So you have people, for example, with, you know, houses in Florida who have been flying to Florida uh, throughout the pandemic. There's been some talk for a while, like months potentially, about when will Canada open the border? We've seen declining case numbers through the spring. What's been the push to get the 49th parallel reopened? Well, there's been a push from from various sides, including from other countries. So, for example, you have countries in Europe that have opened up their borders. And a couple of weeks ago, you know, the French ambassador kind of weighed in on this as well and basically said that it wasn't fair that Canadians could go to France, but French visitors couldn't go to Canada. And she actually said it could hurt the relationship between both countries. So there was also pressure from business groups, including the tourism industry. You know, the tourism industry was calling for the governments to open up the border so they could salvage whatever little bit was left of the summer tourism season, Mm -hmm. Um, right? And just business groups in general were saying that it's time. The reasoning behind that is basically that we have vaccines now. So the argument is that it it does not make sense to ban people on the basis of uh, nationality or where they're coming from if they're entirely vaccinated, Mm -hmm. right? It makes sense to uh, not allow people who are unvaccinated or partially vaccinated. But the idea is that it's not, you know, fully vaccinated visitors from any country that are going to be spreading COVID-19. The federal government came out and said that as of August 9th, the border between Canada and the U.S. will reopen. Is it just fully vaccinated travelers who will be allowed to cross? Like, will kids be able to come in if they're below 12 and unvaccinated? What's the plan for that? As of August 9th, double vaxxed citizens and permanent residents of the U.S. only. So that, that's kind of the category of people will be allowed to enter Canada. Okay. If they're double vaccinated, they're not going to have to quarantine when they come in. Canada's also going to switch its rules around testing. So before it was, you know, everybody has to get tested. On August 9th, we're going to switch to uh, random testing on, on arrival. And when it comes to kids, so children under 12 can't get vaccines, right? Mm-hmm. So if they didn't make exceptions for kids, what would happen or what we have now is that parents would be able to come in if they're double vaccinated. Parents wouldn't have to quarantine, but then kids wouldn't be able to come in or kids would have to quarantine. Like it's just... You know, it's not something that is that is feasible to have that kind of disparity, right? So what the government said is that kids under 12, they're coming in with their parents. They're not going to have to quarantine, but they are going to have some restrictions. They're going to have to be tested on the first and eighth day after arrival. Mm-hmm. And then they're going to have to avoid congregate settings. So things like schools and daycares for two weeks after arrival. While Canada is allowing people to enter as of August 9th, Canadians we'll have to wait to head south. What is the delay in that reciprocal border reopening? Why is the U.S. dragging its heels? We don't have an official, official answer to that. When the U.S. made this announcement last week that they were extending their border closure, the only thing they said in terms of why was there was this notice posted by the U.S. Secretary of Homeland Security kind of giving notice that the border uh, would remain closed. And that notice pointed out there's new COVID-19 variants and said that, you know, returning to previous levels of travel would place personnel staffing land of ports entry, like on the border, um, and the people traveling through that border at increased risk of exposure. But there were also other theories at the time, including one that the U.S. didn't want to open its border with Mexico, 
And so they didn't want the kind of political difficulty or the political blowback of opening up the Canadian border, but not their southern border. Mm-hmm. This week, there was a there was just a story um, earlier this week quoting kind of anonymous U.S. officials that said it's basically the U.S. is keeping the border closed because they're really concerned about the Delta variant, which is really highly transmissible, and the fact that the number of cases in the U.S. is rising. So with this delay, is it the same groups who were concerned about the border being closed for a long period of time in general? Are they concerned about the delay with the reciprocal border reopening? Yes, they are. So we have groups that are representing businesses, uh, you know, groups like the Business Council of Canada, the Canadian Chamber of Commerce are, are both unhappy. You know, their response to the U.S. not opening its border when Canada will is that basically it makes absolutely no sense. Mm-hmm. It doesn't make sense from a public health perspective. It doesn't make sense for businesses. It doesn't make sense socially. So they pointed out, you know, for example, Chamber of Commerce pointed out that Canadians at this point are more highly vaccinated than Americans and our infection rate in Canada is way lower. So why can't Canadians go to the U.S.? You know, it it doesn't make sense. And again, it's the argument that it's not the fully vaccinated people that are causing the problem. So why would you not let fully vaccinated Canadians in? There is also a particular concern of kind of border regions, right, where the economies are really, really interdependent. So you have areas like Windsor or Detroit that business-wise are just really interdependent and, and families in some cases, you know, live on both sides of the border and families haven't been able to see each other for more than a year at this point. You mentioned earlier that U.S. officials potentially are concerned about an increase in cases driven by the Delta variant. And you know, this is going on on both sides of the border. With cases on the rise again in Canada and the U.S., is there any indication that our government could put a hold on the August 9th reopening date? Yes, sir. They've always had that possibility. You know, they've said, we'll open it kind of contingent on things going the way that we expect it to or that we hope that it will. They said this reopening is contingent on continuing the uh, positive path of vaccination rate and public health conditions. Mm -hmm. So public health conditions, if we see a big increase in COVID-19 cases, then yeah, they have absolutely given themselves that out or that possibility that they could actually, you know, put the reopening on hold again. And I imagine the same would go for the U.S., like August 21st. That's not a firm date for them either. No, it's not. It's at least until August 21st. And there could definitely be delays on that end as well, kind of, especially if you look at what has been happening lately. So at this point, more than half of the country still isn't fully vaccinated in the U.S. And recently, um, Dr. Anthony Fauci, which is the top disease expert in the U.S., you know, he said the U.S. is heading in the wrong direction. And with the new Delta variant, he said the U.S. could face a scenario where daily deaths reach about 4,000, which is the same level as when it was at its peak last winter. So if that happens, you know, I can't imagine that the U.S. would open its borders um, on August 21st or, or any time until that situation was under control again. Obviously, these are decisions that they have business implications, they have family implications, but there's also political implications here. Was there political pressure and is there any political motivation behind the federal government's decision to reopen on August 9th, considering that there's talk that we could be in an election campaign by mid-August? I imagine that there's a number of factors that, that went into that decision. Yes, I mean, obviously, there, there was political pressure. There was political pressure from business, like we said, from various industries that have been very hard hit and that uh, very, very badly needed the border to be reopened. 
as you mentioned, there was, you know, pressure internationally from other countries who are saying, well, we were allowing Canadians in. Why are you hurting your relationship with France? You know, that's <laughs> yeah. not, that, that, that's not subtle pressure. That is very overt. And then heading into the election, the government has always said, well, we don't want to have a pandemic election. We'll only do it, you know, when it's safe and, and things are getting back to normal. So getting the border opened is part of, of getting back to normal. Canadians who wanted to have uh, their family members visit or who wanted to, you know, go to the US and this part obviously isn't in, in Canada's control, but all of that is part of kind of those conditions of um, getting out of the pandemic and being able to have an election. So I can't speak to why they made the choice that they made, but all of those factors could have potentially played a role in the decision that they made. Well, it's something that we'll be keeping an eye on over the next few weeks, both the border reopening and the political ramifications for it all. Anya, thanks very much for your time. Thank you so much for having me. 10-3 is produced by Sean Knox, theme music by Bryce Hall. Thanks to my guest, Anya Karadeglia. More from her at nationalpost.com. I'm Dave Breckenridge. Thanks for listening. Mm-hmm.